welcome to the Better Spearfishing Podcast, where we talk all things spearfishing. If you want to improve your spearfishing and hear some wild stories, you've come to the right place. Hi, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Better Spearfishing Podcast. Thank you so much for uh, coming along and joining me. So I'm going to start today by just saying happy Australia Day to all the Australians listening to the podcast. I am now in Perth, back into my home, and it's wonderful to be back. Today is Australia Day, so it's um, it's a Thursday, and it's uncharacteristically quiet around here, which is a, a fantastic thing. Um, beautiful sunny day. There's a bit of light, uh, light wind, light breeze coming in. So, um, yeah, I might go for a clay dive a little bit later. Um, but anyway, the, the topic of today's podcast is really, um, just how great it is to be back in Australia and what a fantastic place for, uh, spearfishermen. Um, so if you've been listening along to some of the previous podcasts, you will know that uh, for the last year, I was living in Cape Town on the very southern tip of Africa, and I returned to Australia a, uh, a few weeks back, and now I'm back in my home in Perth, and I got out for the first dive back in Australia in, uh, well, in over a year, and the first dive in Western Australia in about two and a half years. So it's certainly been a been a long time now. Um, what actually ha- what's happened? My boat has gone in to be uh, to be fixed. The the small aluminium boats. I love my boat to bits. Uh, I think I probably use it a lot harder than the manufacturers intended it to be used. Um, and what's happened is the stringers. So the the bits that go across the boat to strengthen the hull, just the movement of the hull in and out, it's actually bent those. So I've had to take it to an aluminium um, fabricator and, and I've ripped out the deck and everything and they will need to re-bend the stringers, um, re-weld everything up. I need to now make another deck, uh, just a marine plywood deck um, with... Uh, marine carpeting over it, glued over the top. Uh, and I think that that could be another good podcast on just the process of uh, maintaining, you know, small small boats and sort of the costs and, and what you have to do. Anyway, so all this means is that um, the boat is not with me at the moment. It's being fixed up and also it's been two and a half years, um, you know, last year it's been sitting in storage and the year and a half before that I used it a lot um, and I was just doing all the maintenance and uh, engine maintenance myself and servicing so it's time to get it done properly um, and you know they do things like compression tests on the engine so you know they, they can always test for things that uh, you know a lay person such as myself would never know about anyway so I don't have my boat at the moment and being back and since I've got back Every day, literally, I look out at the ocean and it's just blue. There's, you know, even when the wind comes up here and, you know, it's blowing hard and you think, oh, it's going to be horrendous. And you look at the ocean you, and especially after the year or a year in South Africa, I look at it and I think that's OK. That's not so bad. 
um, so it just shows how um yeah how one's one's norms and you know what what you're willing to tolerate change uh, south africa was wonderful wonderful place to be but um yeah the diving conditions in the western cape were tough um and just mostly because of the weather it's generally quite horrendous and uh, they do call it the the cape of storms because it's always rough and stormy and cold and green so anyway lovely to be back and I put a, I rejoined the diving club, the West Australia Undersea Club. Um, so been a member here for years. Unfortunately, it lapsed while I was away. Um, but it, it's probably the biggest diving club in Australia. I think there's about 400 members. So it, it's a huge spearfishing club, um, but fantastic group of people. Um, rejoined and I reposted on, on Facebook just saying, look, I'm back. Um, would love to get out for the dive and someone who listens to the podcast contacted me um, and invited me out um, with him and a few of his friends they were all driving up up the coast uh, a couple of hours north of Perth I won't disclose exactly where just you know it's their spots um, but yeah it look at and it was fantastic and, and that's you know this is maybe the first thing I'd say about Australia how great it is is um you know someone like me just posting on a on a public forum and um you know someone kindly contacts you saying hey would you like to come out with us what a, what a wonderful thing um you know that certainly never happened in south africa it never happened well in in most places i would say um so yeah it's sort of testament to the aussie culture and just inviting people along and just being friendly and yeah yeah fantastic um so anyway i they were driving up <laughs> from quite a long way away, um, coming past my place. And they just came and picked me up from my house and, you, you know, beautiful four-wheel drive, beautiful big aluminium boat. Um, and, yeah, we, we headed up. We had a quick dive, which actually, in, <laughs> spots that I should have remembered, um, two rocks, which is literally where I go most of the time. But, again, I haven't dived there for close to three years, actually, because the, yeah, the first, well, the last sort of six months I, w- I was traveling around, um, you know, just before COVID. Um, so yeah, about three years ago was the last time I dived there. But before that, I lived just down the road from there. That's where I go and launch my boat. So I should have known all the spots. And, um, you know, my job was to sort of say, okay, these are the spots. This is where we need to go. And I, I sort of duffed it. Um, I, I'd totally forgotten all the good spots. Um, and they're all on my sounder, which I can't access because my, um, my boat's being fixed. But, um, anyway, look, we went out and I mean, it was, even though the, the ground we dived, there was absolutely no fish. Um, it was beautifully clean. It was probably 30 meter visibility. This warm, clean water, we, you know, like, um, weed banks sort of dropping down to clean white sand. You know, for me, after a year of diving cold, dirty, green water and, uh, you know, always having a certain level of terror because you don't know what's, you know, what you're going to bump into down there in South Africa, it was just an absolute pleasure. And, you know, forget the fact that there were no fish. I just thoroughly enjoyed just diving it and just being able to see the bottom in 15 meters. It was wonderful. Anyway, so we, we had a short dive there and then we carried on up um, up the coast. And yeah, there, there was another boat and a group of guys already camping there. And so the, I guess this is I'll, just for the non-Australian listeners, um, 
Australia. Well, actually, I'll come back to the point I'm thinking on here. So we got to a camping ground um, in, in the small town. So it's just a small little fishing town up the coast. We stayed in the campground and it's just amazing how relaxed everything is. You you arrive and and the um you know the campground owner comes over and, and we said, well, we're getting up early tomorrow. Can we come sort you out and, and pay afterwards? They said, yeah, no worries. So just totally chilled, totally relaxed. And um, yeah, there was a, a little uh, spot there. We we just parked in one of the caravan spots with the with the boat. Um, pulled up alongside the other um, car and vehicle, and there was a shower and ablution block, which after you've been diving for a bit, going and having a warm shower is just so good. And yeah, pulled out um, swags, which to all the non-Australians, it's basically like a bed roll. It's like a little miniature tent. And it's basically your mattress, your sleeping bag, and your pillow in this canvas bag that you, and you just roll the whole thing up together. And then you unroll it and you have like little, um, aluminium, um, I guess loops that, that, that you sort of put up. And so, so you can lift it off your head. So it's, it's probably comes up about half a meter off the ground. And, I just think they are the greatest invention out of Australia. They are brilliant. If you just want to go away and you get somewhere, you're tired, you you know, you want to sleep within three minutes, you've set up your spot to go sleeping. And because they, they canvas, you know, you can open that. If, if the weather's good, you can open that. And you've got fly screen and mosquito mesh. So you get great airflow. If it starts raining, you just pull the canvas over you and it's, it's waterproof. Um, they just, they're such a brilliant invention. And for doing road trips, they, I, I can't think of anything better than an Australian swag. Um, so much nicer than setting up a tent and uh, just much more easy and convenient. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, we, we, uh, set up swags and pulled out, you know, camp chairs and sat around and chatted and, and that was all fantastic. And then after a while, we, um, we wanted to go and get some dinner. And so we walked to the, the pub and, um, yeah, they, we missed their closing time by eight minutes. So the kitchen closing time. So this, this is one of the things of, um, you know, that's not so great about small Australian towns is that, um, you know, they close, they don't open that late. If you need to go and get food or something, they, they very limited in terms of what's available and the times that it's available. And there's generally only one or two places in town. And if they close, they close. You missed it. So we didn't actually have any dinner. Um, we thought, okay, what can we do? And the next town was quite a way away. So there really wasn't an option. So, and we hadn't really brought a lot of food because we expected to go out and eat out. Um, just because at the end of a day diving, you don't really feel like going and, um, you know, cooking, cooking up something. Um, so there was no dinner. So we, we kind of went back to camp and, you know, we've been diving all day and, and we scrounged, you know, a few muesli bars. Some guys had brought, um, you know, a bit of, um, muesli for breakfast the next morning. So they had that. I think that someone had like, you know, one of the tubs of yogurt. So we had some yogurt. Um, it was, you know, it's not, not exactly what you want at the end of a long day diving. Um, anyway, we all survived. Up the next morning, go and, you know, grab a quick bite and cup of coffee and uh, off diving. And yeah, then the next great thing about Australia, we went down to the, the boat ramp and it's just, it's world class boat ramp, just 
fantastic. Um, you know, got a good um, sensor uh, jetty that you can walk out on, and it's it's well protected. So there's there's sort of a wooden post, so it's not going to scratch your boat up. There's two lanes, so you can you know one for launching, one for retrieving, or you know early in the day you use both lanes for launching. Um, great big parking spot. There's shower, or there's yeah, there was a shower there actually. Showers, toilets, and there's a spot to fillet your fish. And you know, I mean, what a fantastic just the infrastructure that you know that's the other thing that I think just impresses me so much about Australia especially after South Africa it, just the infrastructure it's so well catered for things like doing a weekend away and going diving anyway so we we launch and um now the apps for me this was you know it's a bit of a luxury to be on a on a nice big um uh aluminium boat with a hard um, hard top so you've got shade you've got protection from the elements and it's not too bouncy and it's kind of dry. So we didn't even have to get into our wetsuits uh, to be on the water. And you go out and uh, find the spots you want to dive on. And then you get um, you get kitted up on, uh, on the boat. So, you know, that's quite luxurious, you know, compared to what I've, what I've sort of experienced. And certainly compared to my little boat, uh, where on my little boat you have to get, um, you, you actually have to get into your wetsuit but you know, at the boat ramp before you launch, because as soon as you're on the water, it's generally quite wet. It's a um, it's a bumpy, wet little boat, but anyway, it, it does well. Um, so anyway, and the, today, well, that day, we just the ground we found was just spectacular. Such good ground, um, big drop offs and ledges, and really, really good ground, and. You know, I, th- I think you, you're all, you know, especially for my non-Australian listeners, you're, you're getting a picture of what it's like. Australia is fantastic for diving. I mean, it's a great place in general. You know, and it's probably appropriate I'm talking about how great it is on, on Australia Day. Um, but, it, you know, the, the infrastructure is fantastic. Um, you know, the boats you can go out on are fantastic. The people are fantastic. So, so many great things. Now I'm going to talk about some of the... Uh, you know, everything, you know, nothing's only perfect. There's always, there's good and there's bad. So fantastic ground, you know, exactly the sort of ground that I know I should be seeing big dewfish on or dewfish, however you pronounce it, um, or really good leaf fish. And we dived and we dived and we just didn't see anything really good. And the ground was perfect. And but where we were diving, you looked up and there's, I think there were four boats of divers sort of, you know, not right on top of us, but we'd gone out with the other boat. And then there were two boats of divers already out there. Um, and then there were obviously boats with fishermen. And and now these are all decent boats with decent electronics on them. So this is, I guess, the double-edged sword of being in a place like Australia. Australia is a wealthy country. So that Basically, you know, I'm, I'm touching on the economics of it now. Um, it basically means that people are reasonably well off and they have disposable income. And it's a culture of going out on the ocean and diving and fishing. So people spend money on good boats. The boats just at that ramp that I saw, I mean, just, you know, mouthwatering boats, beautiful, beautiful fishing boats. You know, not, not you know, fancy bikini girl boats, but 
fishing boats or diving boats that have been purpose designed and thought about made out of you know good marine grade aluminium and you know custom engineered just beautiful boats and huge um, and then you, you look at them and they've got the latest um, sounders and GPSs and you know with chirp and you know all the all the electronics and all the fishing gear and this is really the flip side of Australia being such a great place is that just about everybody can afford a boat if they want and a lot of people have very good boats and and all the equipment and you know the marine um environment's been well mapped so it's it's mapped onto um you know sea map or or um uh, navionics or something so it, and you can download an app with the marine charts on your phone for oh, i forget what it is now 10 or 15 Australian dollars and you know it's not expensive so everyone know can see the spots and um yeah it's been well mapped at, you know the later generation of sounders as you're going they're actually collect- collecting more data and uploading it to improve the quality of the maps so you know all the spots where there's a boat ramp um anywhere within a pretty good distance of that ramp is um is quite well known in general if it's obvious so a spot like where we were that's the obvious great ground it's just you know every boat with all the latest toys goes out there every opportunity and fishes it so there's there's a lot of pressure on these good spots and you know Australia is a culture fishing is very part of the national culture here so people really know what they're doing and it, what it means is that the fishing pressure here is enormous um, especially on reef fish so just by comparison when you know the last year in South Africa I, I, I probably saw you know if I went out for the day you know I'd be on a kayak or something I'd only see one or two other boats if even that um, the whole day and most of the time I wouldn't even see that most of the time it would be just me out on the ocean and, and there was no one else and and you sort of know that, that there's not a lot of people that go out there and try and fish it so a lot of the leaf it's kind it you know there's very little pressure on it um the pressure that is you know obviously when commercial fishermen get out there in in south africa with you know the law enforcement being what it is um you know they would hammer it pretty hard but anyway so in australia um you know you can get out on wonderful boats great people um awesome to ground and and uh, conditions but the obvious spots get fished pretty hard anyway so we we dived along and i think that the water the visibility in you know we then went out a bit deeper and it was just incredible it it would have been 25 to 30 meter visibility and you know after all the you know my recent experiences it just it just absolute pleasure um not a lot of fish though so we we took a the only fish we actually caught were um, fish that would not move around. So ball chin groper, it's a kind of uh, lass species, um, almost like a pellet fish. So we, we caught those. Now, those are quite territorial on specific bits of leaf. I will say, you know, we got okay ones. I don't think we, I didn't even see any that I would say were really good. Um, because they do get big they get to sort of seven kilos or so and they get a big uh, very big head when they get older so I didn't see any any good ones of those um, over the weekend I got two good 
what they call Blakesy cod. Now, it's a small species of, uh, it's almost like a, a small miniature gloper. Uh, mine were maybe, I don't know, kilo and a half, something like that. Uh, but fantastic eating. Um, Anyway, so they're the smaller species. Now, the way the fisheries regulations work here in Western Australia, in they've split the state up into what they call biozones. So there's four different biozones, and it's largely to do with the management and where all the fishing pressure is. So most of the fishing pressure is around Perth and the, the west, you know, the southwestern corner. And that is the, uh, what do they call it? The Western Biozone. And in this biozone, you are only allowed two demersal fish per person per day. So what that means, the, what they categorize as demersal is basically any of your prime leaf species or anything that's a, a long-ish lived or older leaf species. So basically all the fish that, that most people want to catch. Um, you're allowed two of those per person per day. And there's additional rules for uh, specific uh, species, such as the dewfish. Um, there's a boat limit and, and et cetera. And there's obviously size limits for each species. Um, but w- what this means is that for a lot of the, the species, so for instance, Blake's cod, it's, it doesn't get particularly big. If, if, you know, a kilo to two kilos, two kilos is probably maximum size. Ma- I can't imagine you getting much bigger than that. You'd be very lucky. Um, but what that means is, you know, especially if you can only take two fish, people tend to not take those and instead take, say, a small ball chin gloper, which might be three or four kilos, and, and you get quite a lot of meat off them. Um, but yeah, you just basically get more fish, and, and that counts as one of your, your fish on your license. But anyway, I, I really like the, the Blake Sea, so I took them. Really happy with that. I'll, I'll, I'm going to bake it up whole soon and, and do like a, in an Asian dish. Um, but not a lot of fish seen. And, you know, the water was so clean. There was no birds around. There was, um, there was no, uh, bait. Um, and I, th- I think, uh, one of our divers saw one mackerel on the second day and, uh, had a shot at it. Uh, but that's the only game fish that we saw. And I burlied up a bit looking for pink snapper, as uh, as I love to do, and only saw some small ones. I didn't see anything big. On one spot um, where I did some burley, we must have had 30 ball chin gloper on the, um, on the burley. So, you know, it, it makes you sort of think, okay, this is fairly healthy sort of fishly, but no decent ones. You know, nothing that I would say that's a big one. They're, they're sort of average. Um, so anyway, I, I guess I'll just quickly run into the proposed fisheries changes here now. Uh, well, it's not proposed. It's been agreed to now. Um, after, you know, it's, it, I kind of do laugh. After years and years of being told how well our fisheries are being managed and how great our fisheries in Western Australia are and, um, you know, the fisheries department sort of patting themselves on the back. Now it's been panic stations and there's been a big review and they've completely changed the fishing regulations. Um, so for these high risk demersal fish, they are now going to be, I think it's three seasons per year of two months each. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's like ping pong, though it's on season, off season, on season, off season. Uh, and then the sea, these seasons will coincide with the school holidays. So 
They originally wanted to just close the fishery for nine months of the year and have a three-month season. And, um, you know, there was a public outcry uh, because fishing is is a huge pastime here. It's kind of the main pastime when, when you're in a state that most of it is desert and you've got a, a nice coastline and great ocean. I mean, obviously, people go fishing. That's what they do. Um, and people have boats. They've invested in this. And so to suddenly be told that, you know, what you want to do, you can't do it for nine months of a year is a problem. So anyway, you can still fish for all the other, you know, leaf, you know the um, the non-demersal species. So things outside of, you know, the, the prime leaf fish categories, you can still catch them and there's loads of other species. But, you know, people want the, the highest demersals. That's what they know and um, they're great eating. I mean, that's why they're targeted and they're big and uh, it's quite exciting. Um, but anyway, so we're, we're now going to have on again, off again um, uh, fishing. So until the end of sept- uh, February, sorry, uh, we're all good. So I'm going to be looking for snapper. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, look, it's a bit of a rambling uh, podcast. Um I guess I just wanted to, to, you know, highlight how fantastic it is to be back. Absolutely loving being back. And, um, you know, just all the other things you, uh, you take for granted here, such as, you know, having electricity all the time. Um, South Africa's having rolling blackouts, basically power cuts every single day for a couple of hours. It's very difficult to, you know, it really disrupts your life. Um, and yeah, so now they're having strikes and protests and, you know, all sorts of nonsense. And here I am in Australia and it's just lovely. And, uh, you know, people have been lovely. The place is lovely. Everything works. The diving is incredible. You just have to probably step outside the normal spots and, um, you know, look for some new spots that, that maybe don't get as much fishing pressure. So that that's kind of the secret here is to branch out from the obvious spots. Um, but anyway, and also just wanted to say a um, a, uh, a shout out to you know Andrew and Tyson and Ash and uh, yeah all the other guys that were that were up on the diving trip and uh, you know thank you for inviting me. Um, you know it's again it's just testament to how how great people are here and how friendly they are that you know that invite someone they don't know. Um, and yeah, I had a wonderful time, thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah, can't wait to get my boat back and um, keep diving. So anyway, I'll, I think on the, the next podcast, I'll do a different topic. But I also wanted to ask if anyone's got requests for what they would like me to talk about on the podcast or, or people they think I should talk to or interview. I probably need to do some interviews again soon. Um, please, can you, if you can email it to me, it's ncrowcamp at gmail.com. So N-C-R-O-U-K-A-M-P at gmail.com or link up to me on Facebook. So Nick Crowcamp. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd love to get any requests or, or if you would like to come on the podcast and share your story please get in touch um, okay well that's it for this week have a fantastic week everybody and happy australia day again and take care bye